Here is an interview from October 18th, 2020, with a group called Purple Witch of Culver. Very new group, uh, composed primarily of two very talented people with uh, some other things going on around the side, and I think you'll enjoy the interview. All right, so uh, what have you been up to? It's very hard to find out information about you other than biographical stuff because there's two tunes that I found, and uh, you know I'm usually pretty good at checking things out and researching, so, uh, so I figured I'd just... Uh, let you lead the conversation since uh, I didn't turn up much other than probably the, the, the few things that you've seen up there. Yeah, well, um, I mean, we're practically a brand new project. Uh, we've just been in the studio uh, cutting some new tracks. We're kind of working on a format of one release, uh, one single release a month for the rest of the year, and then an EP uh, at the beginning of 2021. Um, and we're kind of structuring it that way because we feel like rather than inundate people with uh, a full length at this point, this time of the year, it's just, uh, there's a little more continuity with releasing one track that we can feature and uh, it's a little easier to digest at the moment. I think with so many things going on in people's lives and globally, it's just, uh, a little bit, you know, less of an overwhelming release kind of cycle. Sure, that makes sense. Um, now, and you have a record company, Evan. Uh, is uh, is it similar across working with all the other artists that you're working with? Is that the sort of uh, way that it's going? Um, no, we actually, we might release a few more singles, but uh, we kind of finish our big album releases for the year uh, in about, july so we're still kind of promoting those records um we're not really looking into new signings until we can figure out uh you know the trajectory of everything with without touring and um and that's been, been a, a big challenge with uh determining you know the release cycle is with no touring we're just kind of at a standstill so Sarah, you you moved to LA fairly recently, though, as it was what I picked it up from there. And uh, what a weird thing to run into! You got a new project, and then you suddenly hit the COVID thing, and you're and and uh, and I'm I'm asking questions like this. I, I mean, yeah, you never think you're going to ask questions like this. It mostly be like, are you planning to tour, and when is the tour? You know, so uh, so um, uh, my question is, uh, first thing, why did you leave New York? It sounds like you're up to so much stuff. I'm sorry I ask really crazy questions like that. Ooh, yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. Great question. Um, you know, it's funny. I had a feeling like last, like a year ago, last fall, I'd been in New York for 10 years, you know, by that point. And I just sort of like had this urge to, you know, get out of there to do something different. Um, I'm from California originally, so oh, it's okay. natural to like come back, although I'm from Northern California, so uh, quite different. You know, I'm from Sonoma County, which is, you know, pretty far up there compared to L.A. So so um, I knew I wanted to come to L.A. for the music scene. Mm -hmm. And I actually had um, a bunch of shows scheduled in February, which I did play with like a bunch of different New York bands. So that is sort of what brought me out here. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, it's funny, I met Evan, like, before the pandemic, like, in February through some mutual collaborators, um, 
and then the pandemic hit and it was just like, okay, like didn't see that coming. Um, but Evan and I stayed in touch throughout the duration of it. You know, we were just like, kind of like sending each other voice memos, different musical things, like just like having different discussions about uh, just all kinds of stuff. Um, and then we reunited in, I think it was like late June um, and just started making music together. It just sort of like came together really organically. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, and how does it work now? Is there a studio that you work in primarily to put this together? And uh, where where is that? Is that yours? Do you have a studio? Yeah, it's it's my studio. Um, yeah, I have a studio I've been developing for some quite some time. It's, uh, we mostly record analog um, there. So uh, that's kind of like our, I think it lends itself to our kind of spontaneous process of just going for first and second takes rather than editing a lot. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's basically our home base. It's also the home base for the, the record label, uh, the headquarters, if you will. And, uh, and it's been nice to have that as a getaway. Um, you know, I think otherwise we're just kind of trapped in our homes a lot. So it's been nice to have another location to go to that's, uh, you know, we keep it a really safe environment and, uh, you know, we don't we haven't been hosting really, really large sessions. So it's just been, uh, you know, us and our engineer and, um, and that's about it really. Yeah. So you, and you're multi-instrumental. I mean, you can get the whole track going with the two of you, which is very convenient. Yeah. 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 It's super convenient. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, are you from LA too? Um, no, I'm from New Jersey originally. New Jersey. Okay. So that's an interesting, so a lot of crisscrossing. How long have you been in LA? Um, I actually originally moved in 2004 or five, uh, lived in LA for a few years, then moved back to New Jersey and New York. Uh, I was touring with a band and then I returned to LA just about three years ago at this point. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I go in and out of LA. I've been lived there on and off for a lot of times. So it's, it's always curious. Um, and uh, the other thing I want to ask, so let me see here. Something of the background stuff. So, Sarah, because you, you, I looked in the pictures, you play baritone saxophone mostly. It looks like you're knocking around with baritone. And, uh, and, uh, and you went to the new school. Did you, yeah. did the poetry start up after that? Or is that something that's been going on the whole time? And were you at the new school for baritone saxophone? You don't have to. I don't know. I'm just asking. That's fine. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm um, being like a, you know, a bad detective here. I look at pictures on the internet and then come to conclusions. <laughs> These are fun questions for me. Um, yeah, I mean, I went to new school for jazz baritone saxophone performance, uh, oh. literally, um, which is so specific now that I think about it, just saying it out loud. Um, but yeah, so that's what uh, that's what led me to New York as an 18 year old, like straight out of high school. Um, and then, see, I kind of, you know, I got into liberal arts stuff when I was out there as well. Um, I mean, at that time, I, you know, I got into psychology, neuroscience, music cognition, like kind of like research stuff. Like I kind of like went a bunch of different directions, um, got a master's degree, did that whole thing. Uh, and then like return to music, but you know, throughout the whole duration, that whole time, I was always really interested in poetry. I was always writing poetry, like since I was 15 years old. Um, but 
it wasn't until the last few years that I started really seriously delving into it. Like I started going to readings at St. Mark's Church all the time. That's like where the poetry project is. Yeah. That's where like Patti Smith got her start and like, you know, Thurston Moore, like a bunch of those kind of like literary kind of musical people. Um, so yeah, so I spent a lot of time there. I was going to a ton of readings. I was writing, but I was also just kind of mostly really absorbing at that time. Um, but, you know, it was funny because as soon as I moved here, it felt like finally, like I could take all that work that I'd been sort of just doing like on the side. Um, and I could just take all that inspiration and like finally sort of like put it out there, like create something of it, um, as opposed to just keeping it to myself. You know, I yeah. was a little shy about my poetry when I lived in New York. Uh-huh. And so, but, so this didn't, so you actually didn't start, uh, reading your poetry or performing your poetry until the records, in, until you were recording? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I did one little informal gig like in Orange County in June. Like, <laughs> it was like a, you know, there were six people there. It was like totally distanced. It was like, you know, there was like a, it was I safe. Orange County would take it well, actually, but maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny, you know, I mean, it was like this underground thing, like through like someone who'd like seen me play in February and, she asked me if I wanted to put something together. So I put together this really informal little like duo thing with my friend who plays guitar. And uh, that was that was really funny because that was like the first time I'd really ever done my poetry in front of people. And I had all these sheets of paper and I was just like, kind of, I was improvising, but I was kind of like going off the page and I just like throw my pages down. Like I showed Evan the videos, it's the hilarious. Videos it's really funny. <laughs> but that was like the first time that I was like, oh, okay, like I can do this in front of people. Um, you know, and then I just, we'd be hanging out at the studio and I'd be kind of like waltzing around, like just kind of like saying verses and, uh, then it sort of just came together for that track. Like we didn't even expect it to be poetry centric, or at least I didn't. I didn't either. Yeah. I, I think we originally approached that track, uh, with the idea that it would be a baritone sax feature. Right. And, and maybe have a little poetry during the outro. And then Sarah had been writing so much and collecting, uh, you know, some of her previous writings that and weaving them together that it just kind of happened. I, I don't really even remember the turning point when we decided to do it for the whole track. It was like but, the day before or the day of. Yeah, it was I, like the day of. I think it was or, the day of. I just, I sent him a voice memo. I was like, hey, like, how does this sound? And I just kind of like riffed. Yeah. But like, I only practiced it a few times and I think that's why it was so spontaneous on the take that we did. And so do you think this is going to be the continuing concept or since you just, since you just, I know there's only two tracks and I'm, you know, or do you think that you're mixing it now with the baritone sax or going back and forth between that, the original concept, or are you going to stick with the poetry uh, idea? I'd like to do both. You know, I definitely like to, like, I like the poetry. It feels like the right vehicle to be expressing myself through words yeah. in a way, yeah. but you know, like, in the future, there will also be more like singing too, because I also love to oh, sing. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Track oh, three. Probably, yeah, next. Stay track. tuned. <laughs> uh, <laughs> November. Yeah, we're working on it right now. But um, that's what we need to know about. There's only two tracks, and they're like that. See, that's the problem. I start thinking the wrong thing. Go ahead. Well, I think it's um, you know we we are very kind of poetry centric, but we we don't want to be kind of completely in that box of having a full album of just poetry. I think yeah. that like we might venture out into 
like Sarah said, vocals or maybe some instrumentals. Mm-hmm. And, some more um, sax stuff too. I yeah, know. really yeah. like, you know, Sarah's an incredible sax player and we mm-hmm. want to just utilize that a little more and just kind of explore different textures, have you know, some different soundscapes and, um, and you know, try to create something for like, I guess my vision for our longer release would be something like cohesive, but still like takes you on a journey, but it, it makes sense, you know, it makes sense for us. It's not like all over the place, which is an easy thing to happen when you have two people who have like all these musical and poet, poetry influences and like, we're, it's all going around because we just talk about music all day that like, it's easy to get pull into all these different directions. But like, I think sometimes it's like reeling it in, which is the real art form of the production. Um, because we we do have this capacity to, uh, to to go in a lot of directions. I think just from our experiences and training, we, uh, not like you need like proper, like formal training to be able to do that. But uh, I think that we, we have that capacity and with the studio to, uh, you know, it's easy to get distracted. Yeah. It, it's fun to explore, I feel, you know, and it's like, I don't want to be like in any kind of box, you know, like, I guess like the first track and the second track are different enough, I think that it kind of like gives us room to keep exploring, you know, yeah. and we'll see. But like, you know, it also like, I think the full length will be like a cohesive kind of like picture, you know, mm-hmm. it'll come together in a way. Sure, well, I can't imagine you boxed in. I mean, you know, first thing, jazz at the new school, plus all of the stuff you talk about, neuro stuff and poetry at St. Mark's, which is all very expansive stuff, has a lot of options. And then I saw that you're with you were with so many prominent artists and Bernie Worrell. I even worked with Bernie Worrell, but I not even. Really? Yeah, strangely enough. Really? <laughs> well, I'm a guitar player, but I, it, oddly enough, there was a small period here where Bernie was coming down here at the, uh, yeah, and I ended up on, you know, doing a bunch of shows with him. So, it wow. was but uh but uh uh a- again very expansive character was wearing worlds so uh, yeah <laughs> oh my god that's so cool that's amazing yeah yeah he was on the road with him for like five years oh i was not aware of like that for me it was a few shows a few shows down in new orleans but uh but uh but you yeah. know it was pretty amazing uh so and um yeah again there would uh, you know uh, so you've been around people a lot a lot on the boilerplate at once so that sounds great you know yeah sure you know if you got it why uh you know use it all i guess if you got a place to do it so that's pretty that's pretty great um how do you feel about the switch to uh live performance of what you of what you're doing i mean you know obviously i mean this was cut off at the knees right for for all of us that you know uh eight months ago and what and, and so what uh how do you feel about what's the presentation style? I mean, how are you going to do that? Is it a lot of pre? Are you envisioning a lot of pre-recorded tracks, or getting a getting a band, or how are you? Uh, how are you thinking of presenting that when it goes back to being able to, you know, perform for people? Definitely a band. Um, a lot of my background, like what I did for Bernie, for instance, was uh, I was his musical director, so I have uh, the chops to really direct. I think you know a a good ensemble of musicians and we want to have those parts live because i think so many things are programmed or they're too not too many laptops doesn't mean like that in a bad way but like you know there's always (laughs) a laptop on stage um and it'll be nice to like actually have the parts played 
to the best of our abilities, you know, within our means and also being able to respect the musicians and compensate them and like run it like a, a proper band, um, which is really important to, to both of us is to, you know, support musicians and make sure that they don't feel like they're ever worked without, you know, a thank you or some sort of a, a token of appreciation. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, uh, we all we agree with that over here. At the, I started a new podcast for these for these interviews because I did one with Brian Coleman before this, and I was like, I my other podcast was very New Orleans musicians based, so I I I started one uh, especially to do this stuff, and so uh, so it's great because this will be the second one on there. I'm just letting you know that by the way. And, oh, cool. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, but. Uh, so you must work with a very large network of musicians then after all those years of doing that. So uh, do, you, do you have people in mind already for what's, what's going to go on there? Yeah, we have a, a list and we're, we're trying to figure out, uh, you know, who will fit personality wise. I mean, we know tons of great players, but it's just, um, you know, figuring out who's going to join the team is a interesting process. And we kind of go back and forth with our two networks, but, uh, yeah, there, there's some really great options out there. We're, we're definitely preparing for a live stream. Um, we're not sure exactly when or what platform it's going to be on, but maybe December. Probably in December. It'll be our first like experiment performing this music live, you know, a few songs with an ensemble. So, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I always have fun putting bands together. I, I just like, it's one of my favorite things to do, just like getting the team. It's like, it's like, it's like a superhero thing. From <laughs> you know, it's like, that's why I, I always wanted to be in a band as a kid. It's just it's like, it felt like getting the Justice League together. Oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> like, uh, how'd you come up with the name, The Purple Witch of Culver? Woo! Um... One of my favorite questions. Uh, basically, well, I guess essentially, uh, the purple witch part stems from a Halloween costume that sort of kind of became like one of my identities over time. Like, you know, since 2014, I've always been some iteration of a purple witch for Halloween, like whatever that meant, you know, like some cool purple wig and like some kind of like interesting, like, you know, crown or whatever. Um, <laughs> I know I do have a I do have a crown um, <laughs> in storage in New York but um yeah no I mean it's funny because like that sort of became like one of my identities over time and uh we were talking about the name we were trying to figure it out I like I tossed out purple witch and then like uh Evan was like Culver and I was like huh because he's a wizard of Oz historian essentially oh. too so, yeah and so wizard of Oz was filmed in Culver City so is that so how about yeah so okay yeah so we we kind of dug that and like just the symbolism of the witch you know and good um, witch and the bad good witch, witch and bad witch and like obviously like we're the good witch but like or a good witch but yeah i don't know it kind of it just came together really quickly like we decided like it was like a 10 minute phone call yeah <laughs> wow and it huh. felt right and, and then we just laughed at it for like 10 more minutes yeah and now <laughs> now we we're we're sticking with it <laughs> yeah. 
I thought it was funny, and I'm not really sure whether. I mean, I like it because you know, Culver said if you've lived in LA, it's like, oh yeah, it's like one of these regions that sort of looms large in your head. And I was like, I don't know outside of LA, you know, whether whether people are just going to be mystified, like purple oh. and Culver. It's good. It rings well together. Uh, so um, that's that's good. That's good. Um, now. As I said, I was low on information. I, I'm good. I can. I could. I'm good at conversation, but I want to make sure that you cover if there's anything else you want to talk about. Particularly, I, I want to. Uh, I don't want to miss out on that. So, if you have anything that you'd like to drop in or, or anything like that. Um. Well, <laughs> I think that uh, I'm trying to think of what else is on the horizon for us. Covered a lot of, of stuff so far. Um. I don't know. I guess it's just, uh, you know, we're still trying to figure out how to navigate in like this new world and with our lives as musicians. And it's just been really interesting, the development of this band through the quarantine period, where I think that we really kind of accelerated our ability to produce by getting to know each other through these like long conversations about music or voice memos with ideas. And it's almost like we workshopped for several months without seeing each other and through yeah. through like text messages. And then by the time we got in the studio, it was almost like we had been rehearsing for months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it really seemed to like solidify the chemistry in a way. And, you know, I mean, just like with the advent of the pandemic and everything, it sort of, it felt like it really just made you know, it made everyone sort of like reevaluate their lives and like what we're doing. And, you know, I mean, for me, I know that with the poetry, like it hit a point where I was like, okay, like, you know, I gotta say this stuff, you know, like someone, you know, like I can't just be like afraid and like hiding to myself anymore. Like, you know, it's time to like really be expressing ourselves and, you know, with music, you know, music is the most, most powerful form I think of bringing people together and that's what we need now more than ever especially you know considering the turbulent state of the world so you know to just keep doing that and to hopefully inspire other people to do that and to just I mean I don't know it's just uncertain times so you know just trying to like kind of maintain some sort of sense of like you know groundedness throughout all this seems really important and like community too like yeah like that's really what the basis of my record label is it's like really to develop a community for an outlet for musicians and it's kind of uh a platform for um a bunch of really talented artists who um and an opportunity to support them and support the arts in our little region of la um, it's pretty interesting that a lot of us, a lot of the artists on the label actually live within a few blocks radius of, of me and um, yeah. they're all, you know, I, we all met each other through each other and it's, uh, it's kind of like something that I think we're trying to build also with Purple Witch and continue to incorporate ourselves into that community. And um, and not like when I say community, it's I mean that in a way other than a scene, because I think that what, a big thing that happened because of this pandemic is all the 
scene stirs and all the hip stuff kind of like crumbled and yeah. it leveled the playing field where you know the people who used to get all the gigs didn't have any gigs the people who were the hottest on the scene weren't t- touring anymore and then there is this opportunity for a lot of new projects to occur um i think it was just a really interesting situation um just how that developed yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see. I'm seeing the same sort of thing. You know, what's dropped, what's clearly going to drop away and a lot of stuff that had, uh, that was really um, crowding things out in a, in a bad way is sort of overdone. So maybe we're, we are looking at a new breadth uh, uh, of stuff there. I keep wondering, you know, I'm also a musician and it's funny because um, you may have encountered this too and I'm, I'm giving this, it turns into a question, don't worry. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I have my daily mulling over exactly how, uh, uh, in some way, the experience is, I, I'm, I think what I'm asking you is, is, is has it changed? Do you find that, that uh, is it, for instance, cha- is the way this is changing your poetry or, or making you think of new ways to deal with music that were different than, uh, than say, eight months ago when you started, or a year ago when you started out? How's oh, that absolutely. Yeah, I'll let you take this one and then I'll collaborate. Well, it's just, it's funny <laughs> because I basically... Uh, I had an experimental kind of like underground, like very underground band in New York that like I played with for a couple years. And then while I was doing that, I also started playing with all these rock bands, you know, and I was like, the rock bands were like getting me like cooler gigs, you know, and more exposure. And so that kind of like, you know, that got me more rock gigs and more rock gigs, more rock gigs. And that's, you know, ultimately, like when I came here in February, that's what I did. I played like a ton of those shows. Mm-hmm. And so it's really kind of amazing now. Like, I mean, those bands have basically disbanded and um, now I'm doing what I actually want to be doing. I mean, I hope they don't hear this. But like, <laughs> <laughs> um, it just feels like now, like all of that stuff that was sort of just like extra noise, people kind of doing the same thing, rehashing the same stuff over and over and over again. Like, it's sort of like, it was just like naturally cleared away. Mm-hmm. And now like what really matters, like there's actually space for that. Um, So, you know, I enjoyed being a side person like in those projects, but, you know, and I enjoyed my own band like back in those days, but like none of it really felt like it allowed me to express my true voice. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, I'm actually in a place where I can do that. And strangely enough, we have the resources. It's like the first time in my life, you know, that I've been able to just, go into the studio and like record like this, like, you know, um, and the fact that the poetry is just coming out is so, it just feels like the timing, you know, couldn't be better, you know, like I was sort of like stunted from that when I was living in New York, just based on my circumstances, I didn't really have the opportunity to go out and read. It was more like when I was at readings, I was accompanying poets. I was like playing saxophone to the poets, you know, like, because they dug that and I think it kind of like gave them a little bit of an edge. Uh, but now I actually get to be the one who's reading, which it's it's kind of cool. You know, I'm grateful for, you know, things kind of shifting in that regard. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like they wouldn't have changed, you know, it's it's a changing of the guards. You know, the music industry is changing. Things are really, 
you know, like the stuff that wasn't so important is sort of seems to be falling away. Well, it's kind of interesting. I think both of us are always behind the scenes people. Like, yeah. As like side people or like for me behind the scenes of the studio. We're like, you know, trying to get our heads around this project where we're really putting ourselves out there and like, you know, even just down to like taking, doing photo shoots or still like awkwardly trying to figure out like, you know, how to do it. And um, I, I think it's, it's all yeah. like that aspect's new to us because I'm just so used to, to backing people up. But it is really nice to to make something and and get credit for it because what we've talked about before is like I've worked on plenty of projects that I'm really proud of but you know my name didn't make it to the liner notes and like and then you're just like well that's an experience that now is not documented and it's nice to to be able to to have that immediate kind of like validation um I mean not like anyone should base their career off of valid immediate validation but it's still uh it's nice to have that as an artist in addition to the behind the scenes work we do to have that outlet too sure. it's a nice thing yeah well yeah. no i think i think crediting in in music is really critical because uh you know the fact that it doesn't happen sometimes is really um almost a crime because the, 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 yeah absolutely you know yeah. and i've certainly experienced that too and it's it can be you know i remember <laughs> I had a recent experience, but I was, luckily it was credited, but I really had to search around on the internet to find it. But still, I feel like those things should be very forward, whether it's in film or anything, and everybody should be credited uh, because it's not only, not only that, but, uh, you know, it's also the way that, you know, young people really have time to get into music. That's one of the ways that they work out all the connections and the networks between everything. So in other words, for people yeah. to get into music, if that stuff isn't there, then it's a surface experience, you know, so... Anyway, and speaking of that, we do want to shout out our engineer Spencer Guerra, oh, yeah. who's part of our production team, and he, uh, you know, he makes a lot of this happen for us. So he's been a collaborator with me for about sixteen years, and uh, 